Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Catch Up, a podcast about contemporary hip-hop, where it's been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. This episode, we're going to be talking about YBN Corday, Nav, Princess Nokia, and cross-generational influence in contemporary hip-hop. The kids really are the future, and uh, we're going to get right into it. All right, let's do it. So let's start off with Corday. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about J. Cole and his new album, K.O.D., which has a heavy focus on talking about the the current rap game and a lot of the, the new crop, the younger crop of rappers, and not just their subject matter, but also how they present themselves. And his song, 1985, The Fall Off, seemed specifically directed, uh, targeted at Little Pump based on some comments that Little Pump had made uh, about him in public. And... We kind of there, there really wasn't much of a response like Little Pump made some videos saying like kind of making jokes about J. Cole coming at a 17 year old and things like this. Yeah. But to hear an actual response on a record, it didn't come from Little Pump. It came from this rapper from the YBN camp. Yeah. Uh, Corday. Yeah. The thing that sticks out about it at first is that it's incredibly self-aware and mature as a response. Uh, Let me just interrupt to say that the song title is called Old Niggas. Yeah. Um, thank you for taking on that. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to get caught out here in these streets, James. Yeah, yeah. That's not the future I want for you. Yeah, never. Uh, Wait, who, before, we, sh- before we even get into this, should we just, yeah. t- just explain what the YBN crew is yes. to someone who doesn't Yes, know. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah. So um, YBN is this crew that we kind of were first introduced to last year. Who rubbing off the paint. So. Rubbing off the paint by this guy named YBN Namir, who was it's like a teenager. I think he's he's from Alabama. That's correct. So, yes. Yeah. Uh who but he's from Alabama, but he instead of rapping like a southern rap, he kind of raps like a West Coast rapper, uh particularly like an Oakland Bay Area Bay Area rapper or like Northern California. Um and in the way that um Northern California has sort of maintained this um, rapping tradition that goes back to the 90s that is uh, almost like a, a smoother version of the kind of like East Coast like punchline rap. Um, yeah, so some of the the rappers that he reminds me of, uh, it's like E-40 being an obvious, like the grand, the sort of godfather of it. Mozzie, who's from Sacramento. You know, even, I mean, even like the, I mean. Even like uh, Neff the Pharaoh. Yes. You know, like yeah. they have the, I mean, for me, Namir has the same thing that I really love about Bay Area music, which is that it makes you want to dance and fight at the same time, (laughs) which are just two of my favorite. It's just to have that feeling in one is really magical. Yes, absolutely. The interesting thing about, I I don't know if Corday has the same origin story, but I think so as Namir, which is that he kind of learned to rap and, and found his people, found his audience, found his crew, through rapping on Xbox Live in like Grand Theft Auto Five lobbies, which is uh, amazing, and you know teens are of the the teens right now are gonna you know invent so many amazing things because they are just exposed to these resources and this world that is so far beyond what we had. Like we were like, I mean, when we were teenagers, people still had like fifty six K modems and were like you know stashing JPEGs on their computer. Uh, now people are using um, online games to launch rap careers. It's amazing. Uh, but so yeah, they they they're this like young crew that 
um, kind of in their videos have some of the tropes of, of like a young, the young rapping little pump types, you know, mm -hmm. uh, cars and guns and whatnot. But uh, they're a little bit more technically um, astute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, and so the, right now there's YBN Namir, who's the leader. Yeah. Uh, there's YBN Almighty J, yeah. who is perhaps best known for being Black China's current boyfriend. <laughs> um, I think he's like he's like 18 or 19. Yeah. The, the thing that really struck me about this this song is that it is like I was like J Cole is gonna love this song. It's like this is everything that he wants mm -hmm. almost in a song. But at the same time, it has a great self awareness. It's not just like sort of pandering to him. It makes a lot of like great points about how like all this sort of. They don't have all they, their idols are fallen. Like you mentioning, like R. Kelly and Cosby are like rapists and yeah. You which know. is honestly, I've, when I was thinking about this, I think this is basically the first young rapper. Yes, I don't even. You don't even see like mid-aged app. You don't see rappers in their thirties even coming out and being like Bill Cosby is a rapist. No, or saying any not. of these things. Or R. Kelly. Or R. Kelly. They're. I mean, the this Vince. I mean, Vince Staples had his his moment. That's right. And Vince Staples is, I think, almost similar. I mean, his beats are different, but he's sort of in a similar sort of rapping style. As these guys, uh -huh. interestingly you know, enough, yeah, I think that most people kind of like shy away from going after these tight. Well, they're big, you know, sort these, of idols. yeah, these people, um, and they're uh, yeah. And if anything, they're more apt to be like, well, we don't know all the all yeah, this yeah stuff, all, all the stuff, which is all the reason why it's all the more impressive that Corday, yes, who is this Let's, like teenager, yeah, from still the like, beginning of his career, the very beginning of his career, yeah. he has and he, I think and, three songs on YouTube, yeah, and I think and I also like that the way that he says it is that like it's like. Yes, we all know this already. Like, look at who our look at who yes. our examples are. We yeah. all know these guys are terrible. Yeah. Like, we looked up to these people and they're trash. So, yeah. like, so like, how are you going to tell me that you know we yeah, don't know exactly. what we're doing? Your generation doesn't know what it's doing. The generation above you doesn't know what it's doing. Yeah. It's like, which is always the best response for young people to to like levy at the olders who are like you know shaking their fingers at them, mm -hmm. uh, because it's true. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, no it, one knows what they're doing. The other thing is that this song is like really wise. He's like, yes, not, he doesn't just say. Well, you guys messed up, and the generation above you messed up. He's also he also says he's like he's like none of us, all of us made it out of like crazy circumstances to be here. Yeah, he's like don't just like talk down on our generation and not lend a helping hand. He's like we should sit we, like we're all on the road all the time. We should like link up and sit down and figure out how to connect. Yeah, which is like that is like a genius level insight. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be has like has seemingly been missing from this conversation in hip hop for the last like however many years. A very so, long time. It's just, I don't know, it's just a really impressive way to stand out. And the thing that he, the song that he put out before this was a, like a remake of Eminem's Hi My Name Is. Yes. Which is like, for me, like a little, like, it was a decent song. It wasn't like blow me away amazing. It was, yeah. it was really impressive, but it was also just like a really, a really curious choice. Like it's like. I know, it was interesting to me. Yeah. Just calling back to an era that I feel like, I mean, amongst this current crop of rappers, like in terms of young rappers, you you see the Eminem influence in some people, but you don't see them necessarily shouting out Eminem in the way that definitely not. Yeah, it's just not really a part. Like Vince Staples, if we're talking about Vince Staples, Vince Staples has like gone gone, <laughs> gone off on Eminem for yeah. for years on Twitter and talked Being about like how Little Bow Wow was more influential to him yes. as a rapper than Eminem. Yeah, and just that like Eminem's window of actual like fame, like success, and and making of him make, actually making decent music was actually really short. And, uh, you know, other people have had much longer, more important careers. Mm -hmm. um, so it is, it is interesting because, I mean, he's he was probably 
I think I don't even know if that song's older than he is. I think. Yeah. Oh wow, that is disturbing to think about. It's, I that's think it's very true. well maybe true. Yeah, I think it's wow. true. So that's that's like it is an interesting choice. But he does rap in kind of a classic style that a lot of people would hear and think of as rap. I mean, you know, a lot of people, I don't know, since for about ten years, I would say, have com- maybe longer, have complained that people don't rap in the in the old style. You know, the kind of classic punchlines, hot 16 kind of style of rapping. Uh, and, and my opinion is that there has always been that. It's maybe not what the hits are. Maybe not like the stuff that is on the radio all the time. But like, it's not that he is the first rapper to come and do this other than J. Cole and Kendrick. There are lots of other rappers who are spitting bars, as it were, but... Uh, but it's also the way he does it is particularly interesting because it calls it calls back in a way that is very self-aware and not like a, some kind of nostalgic pandering. It's true. It's true. Yeah, and it's I think it's also just interesting that he's a rapper in the YBN crew, which has this like this NorCal val- vibe on one on one hand, and then the other hand you have this kind of like backpacker vibe. But he's also still rapping about he's still rapping about some of the same subject matter that you know, a lot of contemporary other, like let's say the SoundCloud set for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. rap about like he was like, and playfully, like he talks about in the song, um, but he, st- he melds it with this kind of like boom bap type lyricism, yeah. which is just a really, it's an incredible mind fuck. And I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm really hopeful for what this could mean for this guy. He's like, it's very, a very promising, like Absolutely. first few songs. It reminds me of Joey Badass. Like when Joey Badass came out with uh, Survival. Survival of, Tactics. Survival Tactics. Yeah. yeah very similar to me. Yes, it's true. Um, yeah. Like that. It's always really nice when there's like people release that kind of uh, throwback style of rapping that feels fresh at the same time. It's that's, that is rare. That mm-hmm. is rare. I will say. Yeah. And I mean, and one of the things that Corday says is that we should, you know, we should sit down and talk about this. And almost, almost uh, immediately afterwards, it came out that little pump and J Cole interviewed each other. Yeah. For Complex. I'm, and, I'm so excited for that interview. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't. Wait. <laughs> okay. So this past Friday, um, <laughs> the rapper and producer from the EXO Camp Nav released his. I believe it's his first, first it's studio his first, album. First yeah, he's studio released album. two mixtapes. So his yeah. first studio album was just called Reckless. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twelve songs. Another uh, person. So Nav Nav is a very co- controversial rapper. <laughs> Jordan's favorite rapper. He's a rapper whom I like quite a bit, <laughs> in a way that I I know is almost indefensible. Like because I I for the the reasons I like him for are very specific, mm-hmm. but I I don't. Well, let me just let's just talk about Nav a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I so think like, it makes more sense to explain, explain who he that, is yes. first because he is a uh, unique, should we say? Yeah. So first of all, he's from Toronto. He's from Rexdale. Yeah. Uh, his family's Indian. Yeah. If you don't uh, know where Rexdale is, it's a it's 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 a pretty it's kind of it's a pretty rough neighborhood that's on the border between um, Toronto, Mississauga, and Brampton, I believe. We'll yeah. have the geog- the yeah the cartographers <laughs> we'll can at me. Us, I don't yeah. mind. Yeah, at James, please. Yeah, um, yeah, and so he kind of started first started making noise in 2015 through SoundCloud when he released a song called "Take Me Simple," um, and then he started kind of bubbling up and popping up. Like he he has a production cre- a production credit on Drake's Meek Mill disc "Back to Back" from 2015. Uh, he had some of his songs played on OVO Sound Radio mm-hmm. in twenty in early twenty sixteen. 
he appeared on the like one of the most poppin' A and R's in the music game, Kylie Jenner's Snapchat, yeah. back when that wow. was was the place to discover new music. How can I feel nostalgia for that already? It's weird. You better yeah. take your ass to YouTube, bro. <laughs> yeah. Those videos are there. Um, they live forever. Yeah, they do. So he and then and then I think his real like kind of debut really was in September of 2016 when he appeared on. Travis Scott's Beebs in the Trap, which yeah. I believe he also co-produced. He he was kind of he had a similar but you know smaller uh, profile to Weekend when he was first on the scene. Like there was no information about him, no pictures of him, mm-hmm. um, and some, and he really quickly started getting like Metro Booming production. I remember, and this was like the start of Metro Booming being like this really A-list dominant producer. Uh, so it was like kind of one, it was very curious, like who this guy was mm-hmm. early on yes. because he was like doing the rapping in the style that so many people dislike, but feels like the future at the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And it has, which has, has turned out to be true. Uh, rapping about like hard drugs and, and like there's no information about him. Yeah. You know, and it, and, yeah, so all this to say, this this all, at some point it came out that he was on EXO, like in 2017, early 2017, it was announced that he was signed to EXO Records, which had long been rumored mm-hmm. up until that point. Uh, he then released his his uh, self-titled mixtape, mm-hmm. uh, which also features a song called Nav. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a song called Nav by the rapper Nav on the album Nav, which <laughs> I just, I love. Yeah. Um, and he had a song with The Weeknd some way. So yeah, when when I remember when that album came out, it was immediately very, very controversial because, like I, I remember posting in the Boosie Fade group and describing Nav as like a more vacuous Travis Scott, yeah. which if you think of Travis Scott lyrics, like, it's already <laughs> pretty yeah. vacuous, you know. Like so, um, but despite that, uh, the production—it's a really like unique production style that's like it's really easy to listen to. It's really easy to have on all the time. It's very mm-hmm. atmospheric. Uh, last week we were talking about like Playboy Cardi and like the 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 you know the cloud like what cloud rap is like how you can just like constantly play it and I feel like Nav's production while maybe not exactly in the cloud rap lane it shares that same feeling of just like something that really sets the mood almost any mood mm-hmm. and Nav raps in this kind of uh, kind of like a monotone tone yeah. he has one he kind of has one one, vo- one vocal style generally mm-hmm. a lot of it is the same flow. Which I actually now associate with him when other people do it. I think it's the the nav flow. Yeah, you and know, he's, nav nav notices it too. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it for me it was a, it was a take it was a thing that I could listen to. Also, like nav, he's a his lyrics are pretty simple. Yes, he raps about not very many topics. Yeah, it was. I remember Pitchfork described him. As someone who seemingly learned to rap from re- exclusively from reading the Four Pins Twitter, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, yeah, he, and Four Pins for those of you that don't know was a streetwear blog that was in the Complex family that no longer exists. But like, if you can imagine, yeah. So his, his subject matter is like high end streetwear and fashion, yeah, drugs, loneliness, <laughs> women that had the opportunity to be with him before. And now messed up by not getting on him, get, getting in on him early, and now no longer have their shot at him. <laughs> yes. So it's like really, it's that's not about it. That's, that's it. That's yeah. it. And it's kind of this. Uh, it's, it's like something. It's like I, how can I enjoy all of the success that I have? That's like the th- that would be like the thesis of his work. Yes. That's right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you know. So yeah. That first first project came out, 
and on, uh, I mean, I guess we should also probably mention that on this project, he liberally uses the N word <laughs> as, like, in, as an Indian guy. Yes. As an Indian guy, very comfortably. And I remember Anupa Mystery, the journalist, wrote an article for The Fader that was basically like, what's up with that? <laughs> like, that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem okay. And there, and then there wasn't really, it, it took some time. And then I think a little while later when Complex did a profile of Nav, it kind of came out. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just not going to say that anymore. Yeah. Alleviating all of my concerns. Cause I felt a lot of stress. I was like, oh, heat's on. I can't, Nav, I can't <laughs> defend you out here in these streets if you're out here, yeah. you know. You have me looking crazy. Yeah. So anyway, Nav put out, he had a, he also put out Perfect Timing, which is a co-production, a co-release with Metro Boomin last year. Mm -hmm. And yes, yeah, so this all led up to his newest project, which is Reckless. Yeah. It's an, it's an interesting debut record to me. Um, I've, I don't see a lot of obvious like singles with it. It also doesn't have any XO... Um, features, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. You kind of expect um, that they'll be in, the, you know, in the model of like artist-led uh, labels that you 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 put your sort of Titan, your Drake, or you know, even the yesteryear, you you put your Jay Z on your Memphis Bleak or Freeway album. There's no weekend, but there's not even Belly or uh, any of the other. Well, is there, Belly's yeah. not officially on EXO. He's actually signed to Rock Nation. Oh, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, huh. him and Hove tight. But so this is the, this is the thing about that. So the features on the album are Quavo, Travis Scott, Little Uzi Vert, Gunna. and Gunna. Yeah. Um, and I think that I, we had a conversation about this a little while ago, um, not on the podcast, but just about how if you look at the way that EXO builds their artists versus the way that OVO does it. I think that by not having any EXO artists on this album, it's like a clear choice that essentially puts Nav in the star in the spotlight. Yes, like it's like he's an artist mm -hmm. in his own right. Yeah, that is capable of carrying an album. Yeah, and you won't miss any of the other EXO people because you can get them on their other EXO projects. Yes, this is a guy who has his own thing. Right, and he is the star of the show. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think that's like a it's a bold choice, and I actually stand. I think it's a smart one. I, you know what. You've convinced me. I think that's the right. It's the right choice. You know. I mean, because you look. If you think about those, like a Roy Woods album, say, you just go to the Drake song first. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then look out. You're like, if that isn't good, you're like, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it, it, it. You know, who wants to like put in all that work on your album be overshadowed by one verse by your boss? Yes, exactly. You know. Um, and I don't know. I think that Nav doesn't get enough credit for being like sneakily clever. He he's a lot, funny. He's a very funny rapper. I, I actually wish he was more funny on this record than he was. Like, I, I yes. found that he wasn't as funny on this as he was on the last two releases, which is why, like, I, there are a couple lines. There's, there are a couple yeah, there are a couple of lines, but there's definitely some stuff. Like, for instance, on the Perfect Timing album with Metro Boomin, he has a song called Did You See Nav, which is <laughs> the height of self-awareness. The whole song is about is about how other people see him and the things that people say to him, the criticism he gets. Yeah. Um, and just like, it's a really interesting way of him talking about, it's an interesting angle for him to tackle a lot of the same subject matter that he normally does, but from kind of almost like from a third person view. Yeah. Um, I, I, there are a couple lines um, uh, that I did find funny on it like he says sometimes i wish i was a lame which is like such a hilarious complaint <laughs> that's it's the like, most amazing humble brag yeah it's it like, like sometimes i just i wish i wasn't so cool and successful like wouldn't life be easier stressful. If I could, yeah it's if i could stressful. just be 
this like lame, corny little loser. Uh-huh. Um, but I can't help it. I'm just mm-hmm. so cool. I found like so like his shtick. A lot of his shtick early on was this like, like I've I'm a lonely person. I'm like this kind of like, like his uh-huh. lyrics uh-huh. Were, would be sad. Sort of I'm talking about how sad he is, but he doesn't. It didn't, the music itself didn't sound sad. So I think that's why for a lot of people it felt like this was like rap Mad Libs. Like he yeah. was just taking a lot of the different tropes that were kind of already in the culture mm-hmm. and putting them together and realizing that this is kind of like a trend. Yes. And using that as like kind of his, his almost like a marketing strategy yeah. is that I'll just rap about being a sad person. Yeah, sad boy. People that listen to hip hop are sad right now. Yeah. And then I'll reason. just get that sad market. Yeah, yeah. That depression market. Yeah, exactly. You know? Um, and then this record, he isn't as sad anymore. It's more, it's, it's more, more like six, six songs about success. It's a lot of songs about success. There's like, it's a uh, sort of like triumphant, but also still like, but you know what? I'm still not all the way as happy as I thought I would. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's kind of funny because often, um, in the history of rap, there's this idea that, uh, sophomore albums and onward are never as good because, rappers come in sort of hungry for success and then they don't know what to do with success because it changes them. And, you know, you get the sophomore slump. The, you know, you think back on someone like Nas who came out with Illmatic and there was always a sense that he, the rest of his work was in Illmatic's shadow. Um, and, you know, it's like Nav like kind of like hopped that to the second album with his first album. It's like he doesn't know what to do with success uh-huh, uh-huh. by the time he's re- releasing his first <laughs> record. So, yeah. uh yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It I on the first listen I wasn't as into this record I'll, I'll admit as I was to his past stuff. Um I it, agree. It, it it didn't it it didn't play on his strengths. I felt as much. It didn't the writing wasn't as sort of like it his writing often feels accidentally clever and and <laughs> like uh I don't I know it's not accident accidental to be clever, but uh yeah, this this album just didn't have as much of it, and it, a lot of the songs really are very similar in, in their content. Yes, I was thinking about that on the way here. I was just like, I really wanted this album to, I really wanted this album to be fantastic. Uh, I was really unabashed about my excitement for this album, and mm-hmm. I was letting people know they couldn't steal my joy about it. Yeah, and listening to it, I'm like, this is a lot of kind of the same, and not necessarily always the good parts of Nav. Yeah. Um, but he does have some some moments. Like he has a song called "Freshman List," which is hilarious because it's about his bitterness about not being selected for the twenty eighteen Double XL Freshman List, which is also still not out somehow. Oh yeah. Um, and it's just it's a really it's the the whole concept of the song essentially is that he's like I'm so balling like I don't even need to be on your list like I am the freshman list. Yeah. You know like yeah. I have my own list like yeah. you know I'm the game. I'm the I don't team. need your list. I don't. Yeah. Keep your list. Yeah. But I'm also upset that you didn't ask me to be on the list. Like what's yeah. up with that? And. I don't know. It's really it's got this like animated video that was released, I believe, through Spotify. That's super hilarious. Um, it's just like him hanging out with the EXO crew, and they're all like, it's like a basketball set video, and they're all cheering his victory. He hits a buzzer beater. I don't know. It's just a super <laughs> hilarious like fantasy world. Yeah. Like it just it just strikes me as like one of those things that. It's like if somebody who wasn't a rapper is like, if I was a rapper, I would do this. And it's like, it's like if you watch the video, it's like, is someone who's not a rapper made a video imagining themselves as a rapper and this is what their life would be like? Yeah. That's what the video looks like. <laughs> right. Um, and I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of elements. Like, I think a lot of what I'm tied to about Nav, why I want him to be success, is that, I mean, there's, there's some hometown boosters. I'm, I'm like a 
play-by-play announcer for the for the home team you know yeah i really and i really think that just the fact that he's from rexdale which is like you know a part of toronto that i mean outside of jellystone which is like a rapper from like maybe like 18 years ago had a hit yeah they, they haven't had their moment in the sun as far it's as true. like talking about the different toronto areas that have rappers that are popping off from there yeah um i think he's a fantastic producer yeah. and he's really good at finding tones yeah and he's got a thing he's got his finger on the pulse he, he really does he really does um yeah but I, I, you know, I also, I also don't begrudge anyone who can't stand his music because no. I totally get all the reasons you don't like it. So you wanted to, we wanted to talk about the corollary between uh, Nav's tones and his moods and some of his subject matter and a new album by Princess Nokia. Princess Nokia. So uh, if you if you don't know who Princess Nokia is, uh, she's a really interesting figure. Uh, she's from. Uh, New York City, grew up in Harlem, although um, she was um, ho- briefly homeless, or I actually know how, how briefly, but she was homeless when she was a teenager and lived spent in some, some foster homes. Lived in some foster homes, spent some time in the Lower East Side, and uh, yeah, so so her 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 debut mixtape, uh, 1992 Deluxe. Um, which is the year she was born, uh, came, originally came out in, in uh, 2016 and was re-released last year. Uh, and and, and she, there's certain parallels between her um, style uh, and Azalea Banks we talked about last week in terms of she is very comfortable going across genres and putting like a bit of a hip-hop influence on them. Um, so... She, you know, is as comfortable sort of on a more like dancey beat, say, or as like a more traditional kind of like trap beat. Mm-hmm. She, she's um, a very fashionable woman. She's a noted feminist. She's very outspoken about uh, sort of progressive issues. Extremely intelligent yes. and well-informed. Yes. And uh, has, I think, become a, an icon to a certain um, type of person who really wants a more progressive politics with a rap music, which is a very understandable position. Speaking of which, she's famed for having thrown soup on <laughs> yes. a racist in New York City on the subway. Yeah, there's a video. There's a video that went viral before it was even known that she was in it, where this like, like kind of crazed bigot guy is like harassing these like teenage kids, uh, and the the train as a whole starts standing up to her, which is like a really it's a really beautiful moment, and uh, and then someone throws soup on him at the end of it, uh, and it, and then like Princess Nokia like issued a statement being like yeah I threw that soup, and I do not it again. All, not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> exactly yeah, and she also uh, there was. Someone who was like heckling her at a show in at a, in Cambridge in the UK, and mm-hmm. she like called them out very infamously. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's a total like total stylistic chameleon. Yes, really multi talented. Yes, destined for stardom, I think. Yes, I think you so know, too. She she has a very very devoted fan base who just thinks the world of her, and I think very justifiably. Um, in a way, you know, it's always kind of interesting to see how fast. Uh, music like musicians pick up fans these days because of the internet it's it's not you know this like cycle of release a single and all this kind of thing people artists can really put themselves out there and it would seem like with princess nokia like people just latched onto her really really fast so she released a new record recently called a girl cried red which uh was another huge stylistic detour uh where she basically went uh sort of like alt rock emo yep. uh 
but still with uh, a mixture between the singing and rapping. Rapping, yes. Uh, and the lyrics are also like venture into like extreme emo territory. This is like straight out of the Taking Back Sunday, yeah, brand like, new, early yeah. brand new playbook. Yes, exactly. Like um, she maybe a little Hawthorne Heights in yeah. there as well. Like the 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 music to me sound like really sounds like like Sleaterkini or like uh, like kind of. Um, a female-led pop punk band from like the late '90s, uh, so it's like an, it is like an interest. It was actually interesting because it made me realize that I couldn't think of any of like a pure emo bands. Not that I, I was not really that into emo music at the time, but any of the pure emo bands actually had a female lead. You know, like I was like, uh-huh. it's yeah. Paramore, um, I believe Straylight Run, which was a Taking Back Sunday offshoot, had. Uh, Michelle Nolan at, uh, was, was a female co-lead. Right. Um, but they were definitely in the minority. Definitely, absolutely. Jessica Hopper, the music writer, has written about just how much as a, you know, the fan bases, bases of a lot of these bands is a lot of young girls, but yeah. they don't see themselves reflected well in the music or even being on stage a lot of times. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, this is an issue in that music. Yeah, and it, so another way that it feel, feels kind of interesting uh, that she's you know coming she's such like an overtly political figure and sort of entering this space like totally uh boldly and claiming it as hers mm-hmm. um it's it's uh it is it is like it's a really interesting uh record for a lot of reasons because most of all to me that it's like i know that teens especially maybe some teen like particularly teen girls probably are going to hear this and it's going to like blow their minds it's you know like i mean i heard it and it sort of blew my mind yeah i guess i'm in the teen girl camp well i mean maybe mean it in sort of a different way because i feel like this would communicate in the way that like maybe they since emo music happened like 15 years ago Uh that they wouldn't necessarily be familiar with this type of music and this would Mm -hmm. like re uh sort of reinvigorates the genre in a way um, it you know rap other than Nav rap has been going veering into the emo territory most notably with this rapper Lil Peep mm-hmm. who uh, passed away way too soon yeah, into his year. career last year to, he, uh, kind of, he kind of he kind of appeared last year on, onto into uh, semi mainstream consciousness and then uh, released his first proper record mm-hmm. um, called Come Call Me When I, When I'm Sober Call Me When You're Sober. Uh, and then went on his first tour and then died two days after uh, from an overdose of uh, painkillers that were tainted with fentanyl. fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually called Come Over When You're Sober. Come Over When You're Sober. Mm-hmm. Uh, pardon me. Yeah, which is, was like, you know, if you have, if Nav is like a two on the emo scale, like Lil Peep is 12. 12. Yeah, he, he really was the, I mean, I think there was, a, there's, there's a case that could be made that this was kind of already going on elsewhere in the music, but as far as in recent memory, kind of mainstreaming an idea of combining emo music from like the early 2000s mm-hmm. and kind of like the 808 heavy trap drums from like, let's say 2006 till now. Yeah. And like blending them in one music and using lyrical tropes from both musics. Mm-hmm. And like putting it into one person, little little peep was like the forebearer. Yeah, I mean and, there were other people who tried it a bunch of times, and it's often been unbearable. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and so peep peep kind of like started gaining some popularity, 
and you started to see I don't know if you could draw a one to one direct like influence to him, but mm-hmm. like if you looked in Little Uzi Vert had Exo Tour Life, which is like yes. straight out of that straight yes, out of that, that world. And you know, Trippy Red has some songs that kind of like veer into the same lane. Yeah. It's just starting to pop up more and more. Yeah. Um and then so this is Princess Nokia is like an is like a new frontier yes. in this in the development of, of emo rap. Yes, because it, in some sense it strips away even more of the rapping part of it. Really the the part that's still rap about not even all the songs is just the, the vocal performance. And and you know, other songs have have trap drums. Um but it it is uh yeah, I mean it Jordan, did you how how much were you into emo music growing up? I was uh, super into it for, yeah, yeah uh, like basically from like maybe 2001, 2002 until, I mean, until uh, 2018 yesterday. I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, I was like, I was a huge fan. I was d- deep in, in the game with all these bands like Taking Back Sunday, Brand New, mm-hmm. The Hawthorne Heights, you know, um, Hidden in Plain View, many other obscure bands. I had, I bought a lot of those compilation wow. CDs that had like, somehow had 60 songs on it from a variety of emo bands mm-hmm. thrice i was the you know mm. ventured into screamo right yeah i really loved them and i like like the, the i like the you know it's the same things a lot of the same things i like in hip-hop it's like really good melody yeah um interesting songwriting that like makes you be like what's the story behind that like yeah. you know like so for me seeing hip-hop like seeing little peep like i was a huge little peep stan and supporter mm-hmm. and i really felt like what he was doing was really important and was going to was taking hip hop i mean his legacy is already cemented it's huge i mean his cuz you're seeing right now that like there are so many artists that are influenced by yeah you know what he was doing he's he is uh, definitely going to be in sort of this elite territory of like rappers who died so soon and like their impact was just like felt for for years and years after. Like, I think that we are just, it's just starting. Like, mm. I think it's going to gain more and more and more momentum. Speaking of which, there's a new Little Peep song released a week ago. Oh my God, uh, so good. Great. Cope is uh, produced by Clams Casino, the four, one of the forefathers of cloud rap. Cool. And it's called Four Gold Chains. Yeah, and it's, it's incredible. Like, you know, I wrote an obituary about Little Peep for Now Magazine after he died. And in it, I, I was taught, I mentioned how, you know, his career hadn't gotten to the heights that it was going to get. Mm-hmm. Like there were still so many things that he hadn't, he wasn't able to do yet. Like mm-hmm. he, he hadn't had the opportunity to work with like any, like many really big name producers yet. Mm-hmm. And now, and I felt like that was going to, that would be a completely different. Like, could you imagine like little peep on a Metro boom and beat? Like, mm-hmm. what would that sound like? Yeah. You know, that would be a whole new lane, a whole new like stratosphere for him to hit. And this clamps casinos thing for me is like, is like almost like a little tease of like what could be possible because yeah. it's like, it still has all of the elements of, you know, of the early Peep songs that people like really latched on to. And it combines it with this like really kind of like high end, expensive sounding production yes. that is like very atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. And it, um, it also sh- that it was an interesting song because it showed the the, the range of Little Peep's like vocal uh, performance because, uh, you know, he he can veer he could veer into sort of like sort of. Uh, pop punk singing he could do almost like kind of like near screaming growling kind of stuff uh as well as like the more like contemporary sounding rap that's almost yeah kind of in the nav vein Mm -hmm. um and this has like a is like a a, it almost sounds pitched down it's like 
it's a much slower kind of like driving uh, style that is like it, it feels kind of haunting. I found mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, yeah. So anyway, back to to Princess Nokia. So this this record. Um, it's, yeah, it, it do, it's interesting because we, we, I think when it came out, both of us uh, were like excited uh, to put it on like a playlist with the rest of our like like a, a pre boozy fade um, select basically. And I think both like but we each when we were going to make a playlist like that, Jordan and I each pick like ten or twelve songs, something like that, and each of us had a, a different song from Princess Nokia mm-hmm. for it. Uh, and I, you know, it's, so it's interesting to p- kind of place this music that is a stylistically a departure into that context and see how it does work actually really well. So yeah, it's, it's, so it's, it's a kind of interesting to see this music come back around. Uh, you know, it makes you feel a old slightly. Yep. Um, I mean, earlier when you said that, uh, YBN Corday wasn't even born when, when, my name is came out. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm old as hell, dog. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, it's it's funny actually because you you had this. Our friend had this great story about Nav, uh, whose whose friend is a teacher. Yes, uh, our our friend John Hibionata, who is a photographer. Yeah, and like jack a, of all trains, re- true Renaissance man. Yeah, very talented. Uh, he takes of, our photos. Takes for, photos of for the events. parties. He's our man. And he was telling. He told this is an anecdotal story. He told me a story about how he's a friend who's a teacher in Brooklyn. And he said that Nav is extremely popular with the teens at this guy's school. Yeah. So popular that the, te- that the kids are dressing like him. The Nav fits. The Nav fits. They're trying to get the glasses like Nav. They're trying yeah. to get the Nav haircut. The Nav haircut. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, I mean. I mean, like, I, I think it's just, like, kind of in part, in, like you were mentioning earlier with Princess Nokia, uh, this song, this album will be, like, a revelation to many teen girls who've ne- probably never who either they never listened to emo music or never like heard this this it in this way these yeah these kind of emotions described in this way I think that Nav is like a perfect rapper for a teenager who's into streetwear yeah. and video games and maybe not much else yeah they, it's they, like the subject matter is right in your lane yes it's like people didn't like me before yeah. now I'm popping they yeah. seem to like me I don't want to hang out with yeah, them yeah you like it's like you lose the baby fat. You know, grow into yourself. Grow into yourself, and now you're like girls are noticing you. Um, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's just it, it. You know, kind of one of the things about getting older is you forget how affecting music is when you're a teenager. Like you hear stuff for the first time, and it feels like it's like a spiritual experience. And it's interesting to imagine hearing any of the artists that we've covered today, in particular, in that light. Like, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. you you just hear it for the first time. You're like, this is like exact. Like, I've never heard anything like this. You know, for us, like we can trace the legacy of all these artists because we've grown up with their, you know, the people who influenced them. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they, in all, all, all three of their own distinct ways, they're breathing new life uh, into maybe older styles or pi- taking those older styles and flipping them or changing them some way to reach a new audience. All right, let's uh, let's do our, our our four songs that we want to recommend that we yeah. really enjoyed. So the first three are going to be from artists that we discussed this episode. Yeah. So for me, Nav song I want to recommend is Freshman List. It's just it's really great, and um, it, it has this it has this one really fantastic quality, which is one of my favorite things in rap, is when a rapper saves the best line for last. Like I'm not mm. gonna spo- if you don't know the song, I'm not gonna spoil it. 
But for me, when I heard it, it was a, like it was a real a guffawed. Yeah. You know, I was like, wow, well done, Nav. <laughs> um, Princess Nokia song I'm recommending is Your Eyes Are Bleeding. For me, this is like the, I think that the, the, the album, it's a really good record. It's maybe a little underdeveloped in some places and there's space for growth. But I think that she really nails the, this like emo rap, like hybrid the best on your eyes are bleeding. It also has a fantastic music video, which I absolutely recommend you watch. Um, and the little peep song I'm, I'm recommending is awful things. Uh, after, after he died, I, I really just, I played this song on a loop and I was just it's like, really, good song. really, really in my feelings about it. And really like just thinking about just the catalog that he left behind, which is, which is pretty good. And hopefully, and apparently he's releasing it's not a, a lot. Not, it's not a lot. It's I not know. as much as like, you know, it's not as much as as, as we would like. Mm-hmm. But apparently, he has a new record coming out at some point this year. But yeah, awful things is a really good distillation of kind of the sound and what makes him special as an artist. It's catchy, very catchy. And the bonus track that I'm uh, recommending is a new Anderson Pack song, "Bubbling," which is just a whole lot of fun. Really outstanding rapping. Really great sense of humor. A lot of things going on in that song. And yeah, I think it's like for people, you know, I think I was kind of a latecomer to him. And I feel like this song is like a great introduction to him, even if you, if you haven't listened to him. So, um, yeah, check that out. What are your songs, James? Uh, so um, my nav song is Glow Up. Um, I don't really have a reason why other than I just like it. Princess Nokia, uh, my song is Morphine. It's definitely got some of the more extremely emo lyrics on it, but it has like a had just a really nice beat and yeah. Uh, my little peep song is Four Gold Chains. Um, watch the video if you can. Um, it's like a sort of like long take of him in London. I don't know, it's something well, about it. It's bold of you to recommend that video. That video traumatized me. I don't know, well, I meant, you know, I'm into extreme things like that. You're a nihilist. Yeah, I am. Uh, and my, and to prove that I'm a nihilist, my, it's a, Bonus song is by Tyga, um, who uh, has somehow released. You know what? Tyga actually does have a good ear for beats. If you think back on it, like his hit songs, like Rack City, come on, or um, Hookah, the early uh, Young Thug feature. Um, uh, so, this new song by Tyga called Taste featuring Offset. It's just got like one of those like super catchy summer beats, and I feel like there's a good chance you will hear this song 300 million times by the end of the summer. Uh, if so, and you get sick of it, I'm sorry for propagating it, but not that sorry. Uh, if you want to listen to the songs we just mentioned, please follow our constantly updated Spotify playlist, uh, which is Catch Up the Playlist. Yeah, and please continue to rate, subscribe, and review. We're really seeing the rankings it's, go up. It's and amazing. Yeah, we've really, got a lot really of ratings up there. Please, we, we need some more reviews. Yeah. Continue to tell your friends about this. I'm getting like word from the UK that people are coming to this organically. Yeah. So just continue to spread the word about the podcast. It's you, really doing a you, big a big boost to us. You don't need to write an essay, you know? Just like put five stars, say, I like this, or cool, or any of those things, you know? Yeah. Just just five stars, like you would a, a good Uber driver who doesn't talk, or uh, or one who talks a lot and yeah, you have an engaging conversation yes. about, and you share your lives with one another. Yes, yeah, so you learn something about your fellow man or woman. We yeah, so we really appreciate if you could tell a friend to listen to this. Someone who, say you've got a friend who uh, 
would like to learn about rap music, but doesn't feel that they've got a safe environment to engage in it. They, they, you know, they feel like they might be not taken seriously. Well, send them to us. They can listen to the podcast. They'll have all those insights that they can then take to their office or school and seem like they know what's up. And if you want to let us know how you feel about the podcast, you have any suggestions for episodes or feedback, you can email us at catchuppodto at gmail.com or you can join the Boosie Fade group at search Boosie Fade the group on Facebook. You can slide into my DMs on Facebook. If you have my phone number, you can text me. If you have my email address, you can send me an email. James, I'm sure the same things. Yeah. Yeah. You can fax me. Put a note under my door. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just confront me, you know, possibly in the men's washroom, you know, places that are very specific request. <laughs> well, you know, like my point is that I'm an open book. I love that. I want to mention that we're coming into a really hot summer for releases. Some of the probably the most of the biggest records of the year will be released in the next month or so. And that all starts with next week. So we've got a really great episode with the return of Pusha T. Uh, you know, those who don't know, you should go listen to the clips right now, catch up. Uh, and ASAP Rocky, the uh, model turned rapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be with you next week. Yeah. Stay safe. Yeah, and see you at Boozy Fade on Friday night. Yeah, if you're listening to this. On Friday. On Friday. If you're, if you're one you of those. See you tonight. Yeah, see you tonight. Yes. Uh, okay. Goodbye, guys. Bye.